and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2 but Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A really good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to AEW Collision this weekend. And a huge title match. The AEW Trios titles are on the line. The House of Black defending against a team who... Could well lose tonight on AEW Rampage, Michael Sidgwick, and the acclaimed and daddy ass. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening, is it? Um, aye, what a weird match to book on Rampage. I think the generous... I was going to say they might have done it had space not been at a minimum or time not been at a premium with a yeah. big blood and guts. But then QTV's a Rampage act. QTV is the place where nepotism thrives mm. because it's just easier, I guess, to be nice to the friends that you surrounded yourself with who are at the same time begging for TV time, pitching ideas, all of which are shit. <laughs> um, so I, look, this is a weird one. Um, I've enjoyed Collision. That yeah. tone of voice is like, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been like really good. Um, I'm blowing my tits off, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's a really good show. I'm ultimately happy with how it's turned out if it had to happen. Yeah. We're in the content form era, which we'll get to later, incidentally. Mm. So it does have to happen, and I'm happy that it's distinct from Dynamite, everything else I've said for the past three freaking weeks. <laughs> this episode, it only announced one thing, yep. and it's a sequel to something that I thought was just absolutely bang bloody average, so it's hard for me to get excited about it. Um, do I foresee a title switch? Ah. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to run through all the ramifications and the business ideas and all the rest of it. Um, I could foresee a thing where Andrade interferes or something. Mm. Um, there was a report, wasn't there, on that CM Punk backstage meeting where he was like, you know, we should... Do more things to differentiate the show from Dynamite. It's good that people who don't like Dynamite that much are actually watching AEW Collision. And he's, and I think it was mooted. That's like, no, we should do finishes that are different at Dynamite. Um, maybe we'll see more DQs. We see mm. one already. Uh, maybe that's a way to do it. I don't necessarily... Th Everything's all right in moderation. And as I keep saying, there's a good and bad version of everything. It'll be a bit um, jarring if they go DQ heavy or count out heavy on an AEW show. Maybe that could be the finish, Andrade, but then that's further complicated by the Roosh news. Yeah. Where he has got strong interest in WWE, and, you know, he, he likes playing the game. He's a, a deliberately... Oh. oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry. He's a deliberately enigmatic figure. So who the hell really knows? Um, apparently, um, per today's Observer, Friday's Observer, um, he's got a... Uh, Really strong deal on the table from AEW, which far outstrips the, the top salary in NXT. So who knows what decision you'll make. Um, every now and then I think, ah, it'd be a shame if he leaves AEW because there's is there anyone better in the world at a bloodbath brawl mm. other than like Mox than, than Roosh. I don't know. And he's, he ain't going to bleed in WWE. 
Um, but then I think, you know what? AEW could, if anything, I know they've got collision. They could probably stand to lose a few wrestlers, even if I like them. Yeah. This is the uh, the opposite. I don't know. God, I just can't be asked to talk about this imminent match. <laughs> um, I'm trying to go through every ramification possible to avoid that. But it's, it's an interesting discussion on as any ahead of a show that there are no matches announced for yet at the time of recording. So uh, Andrade could, you know, partner up again with Roosh and they could do something in this match to set up the Andrade trio versus House of Black. Yes. Which they've, building, they've been building, rather, uh, throughout Dynamite. But it's complicated by the Roosh thing. And just on the Roosh thing, while I'm on that tangent, I, I think, again, even with the increased hours of programming, AEW could stand to lose a few guys. I would never campaign. No. For them to get released, I think that's one of the really cool things that Tony Khan has stuck with, mm-hmm. where he's obviously let contracts expired and not renewed, but that's fine. It was a mutually agreed upon contract for a fixed um, period of years or whatever. Um, maybe letting some of them expire is not the worst thing in the world. It's the Galacticos era yes. of AEW in which, as Real Madrid discovered to their cost, well, their cost, they're still quite successful, but, you know, it's better to have a team, a roster, than a collection of superstar talents that yes. don't necessarily e- A, fit into a a system, a formation, or if there's just too many. Mm. And there are too many um, name stars, and all of them could theoretically have at least an international title run. And when they don't, they don't feel like they're the stars they could be because they're not vying for the titles like top star wrestlers do. So it's a mess. It's a bloated mess. Um, I mean, I'm going to think, yeah, keep Roosh, though, because Roosh is awesome. Like, Roosh impressed me so much in the first half of this year. Yes. Yeah. Um, Danielson, I saw him live. He was tremendous. Um, I always think there's more that you can do with a guy who just radiates that much legitimacy and, like, genuine, sorry, disturber energy <laughs> looks volatile like we know his backstage rep precedes him and i think that's a feature of his work um not a bug that jungle boy match yeah it was incredible oh just like he f- makes it feel like you're shooting in there mm. like you need every guy who can do that because there are so few of them that said imagine a gunther versus Rush. oh my god uh, oh my god that would be an absolute war. Yeah. I'd absolutely love to see that. That would be great. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a backhander compliment, this. But I think if you'd have asked me uh, 12, 9 to 12 months ago, you're going to miss Roosh if he leaves AW? I'd have probably gone, nah. hey, he was good when he came in, and then I think he kind of took his foot off the gas or his eye off the ball or whatever you want to say, or he just didn't seem to have the passion again. But my word, yeah, he's rediscovered it this year. I, I do hope. Um, that, like you say, either AEW can retain him or he can go and flourish somewhere else. Um, I'd be intrigued. Either, uh, like you say, it makes sense more, obviously, to do Andrade, Roosh, and X uh, versus the House of Black. FTR versus Andrade and Roosh could be tasty as well. That'd be absolutely tasty. Could be different gravy. Gravy. Um, So I, if Roosh's status is up in the air, from a business point of view, you don't want to promise anything you can't deliver. So maybe if there were plans afoot to have Roosh go over to Collision, align with Andrade and uh, um, Pedro Paragrosso mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a unit, maybe that could be up in the air. Maybe it's not a good idea to do unless you want to beat him on the way out and you could have House of Black go over. Um, the acclaimed are funny because... 
bored. I'm bored of them. It's weird because, like, they, more so than any other act, should sort of be okay when they're not as featured as they were late last year because Max Caster's such a gifted TV character that he can just do a rhyme. Yes. And you can believe that he hates or wants to fight the person in the ring, and you can believe because they are, like, very much insulted that the person in the ring wants to have a fight. Such a skill yeah. in wrestling. It's a really different way of approaching the fact that you can have an issue with everyone you face. Eddie Kingston is the king of this, mm -hmm. and Max Caster does something very different with it, but it's still such a feature to have someone who's so good at the insult or so good at making it feel like this next one means something to the characters involved. Um, but at the same time, I'm still bored by the acclaimed. A lot of people are. Where do they go after a potential loss here? Mm. Do you, you don't split them. The Mate, I, I, don't, I don't worry about I, I'm concerned about this conspiracy theory that I think we've invented. Oh, that the turn on, it's not happening. It's not, it's, it's, they're too over. Mm. Their segments always do well. Their merch always shifts. It's senseless from a business perspective. But once they've reached the peak of what they can do, as a tag team anyway, maybe they could go back to that. But it's the turn taken. We're at the opposite end of where we were with the discourse last year when Tony, ha Tony Khan had the biggest selection headache. Like one of the best ones in which it's like, right, okay, I've got two incredibly over tag teams who've caught fire at ex pretty much exactly the same time. In the acclaimed in FTR, only one of them can be the champions, and I don't want them to have an extensive feud because that way I'm diminishing at least one of their, mm -hmm. diminishing the appeal of at least one of the team. It's weird now. We're in completely the opposite situation where now he's given FTR the ball and they're the tag team champions, and the acclaimed are kind of not able to do anything, at least in the tag division, because it's FTR's time. Um, so he's basically had them take it in turns, and that's sound business sense, but one team is always going to suffer as a result. This trios thing isn't quite working because, quite frankly, Daddy Ass can't exactly go outside of... I mean, I say that. I'm a middle-aged spread non-athlete <laughs> specky twat podcaster. He's <laughs> that age, and he can still wrestle, but not to the expected standards that were raised by the elites run with the titles with Death Triangle's feud with the elite in the in the House of Black match. Basically, a lot of people expect high-end match quality from those trios matches. Otherwise, why do they exist? Yeah. Like, at this point, if you're not going to get the absolute best-in-class action and you're not getting story either, what are these belts for? Mm -hmm. um, they haven't really feuded with the House of Black. They've mm. had... This is their second match with them, and there's been no story to speak of. Did they do anything with the open house rules when they fought last? I was there, and I can't remember. Yeah. That's how forgettable this match was. Genuinely, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Because it was really last minute. I think we all knew it was going to happen, but they it didn't announce it. So, yeah. It was like a surprise guest, and he got the surprise pop and the acclaimed pop, and then the match happened, and it was so dull. They just worked over a leg, did a hot tag, and then cut off the hot tag with a... What's his finisher name, Malachi's Black? Oh, yeah. It's not the black, it's not the black mask because that would be trademarked by the Fed. So I don't know. Um, did they ever come up with it? I don't know. Either way, I have minimal expectations for this match. And that's not me being cynical or, you know, negative. hate that word. <laughs> because I saw them work together and it wasn't particularly great. It black was, mass. Is it still called black mass? Well, I'm on 
AllEliteMoves.com. Right, okay. They, okay, I'm sure the lawyers at AllEliteMoves.com are aware of copyright law and have factored, factored that into um, <laughs> their database. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I don't have high expectations for this match. Again, based on precedent. Based with something I, A, saw with my own eyes, and B, more importantly, heard with my own ears. Mm. So I don't think it can be any like more drab than that one. So honestly, I'm... Um, that's not what you want to go into a wrestling show that you're spending your precious free time on. Oh, it'll be better than the last one, I guess. I don't have to live like that, not me. Um, nor do I have any particular um, expectations of what either team would do, whoever wins the match. This is not a division. Mm. There's no story to it. and I, I, it's, oh God, I'm sick of hearing that word. I'm sick of saying that word, story. Um, but you, you, you need one. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes... The criticisms are correct, and there are no stories in this trios division outside of Acclaim versus QTV, which is you know cinema, and uh, House of Black versus Andrade, and the and the expected formation of another unit there. Get on with it. Yeah, you're the, just dawdling, you're just procrastinating, and you're not doing anything for me. And if you're not going to, that was a complaint about the trios division originally. It's like I'm not getting many stories, but do you need them when you get them across the show, and you can just have the absolutely Blow your f***ing cock off match division. Yes. Right? You don't get either now. So what, no. am, I, what am I doing? Yeah, I think... Do you care about who wins? That's well, the ultimate what, thing. I know who it's going to be. It's going to be the House of Black. Uh, do I care? Why I'm, do you, well, I'm so sure. Because, and the Andrade reason, like you say. So no, they've already built something. They've already built something, them. like you say. And if Andrade isn't going to have Rouge, I'm sure that they'll just find him some other people to, to partner up with. Um, and by the way, I'm not hoping that the acclaim split from Daddy Ass. It's just, you know, we're kind of good at picking up on subtleties. If you listen to this week's NXT review, for example, you know the little nuances that very you just have to keep watching it on a loop, just rewind. Wait a sec, what was that? Because it was very subtle, <laughs> very subtle in WWE. AW's a bit more blatant, but you know, um, I, yeah, I, I don't get. I know it's a bit, I, but I couldn't give a toss. It anymore. feels like maybe the next. Good idea for the acclaimed. I'm just thinking there, out of off the back of collision, off the back of I think an inevitable title loss here. He's not splitting from Daddy Ass, uh, although it could be intriguing to see heel acclaimed again. Um, but bang banging. Hang on, can you hear something? Yeah, it sounds like there's a flood in the what culture office. And given the state of that water cooler. <laughs> Stick my head out the door in a second, but two seconds. I'm just gonna look out the window. Yeah, no, the reason you have a quick look because what I was saying there is obviously with the history with the guns and what have you, uh, it makes just pissing it down with rain. Oh, okay, in July. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I'm not saying you go back to the, to the acclaimed fight and the guns, but a nice sideways move could be the the acclaimed fight and the bing bing king. That would be a nice feud. Both lost title matches recently. That works for me. That could be tasty for like all in or all out or whatever it may be. Oh, I do not hate that at all. Mm. I do want Jay White to uh, be a proper featured singles player. Mm. So that would still be really good. Yeah. Like Bowens and Jay White. Ooh, that's tasty. Oh, that is tasty. That is genuinely like that could be fantastic. If that was something to... Uh, I think it works, yeah. If that was something to go with your sort of Sunday roast, how would you... Uh, 
How would you describe that? If something to like a company, you got you got potatoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got your pork, you got your. Well, broccoli. I like the chicken, me. Because okay. pork doesn't necessarily make the best. Different gravy. <laughs> I always struggle to make a gravy out of pork because it doesn't release as much mm. like juice as a chicken. Chicken. As a chicken. One of my favorite things I've ever done was like perfect my chicken gravy recipe. Like, because it's just something I decided to tinker with myself. I, I'm not very good at cooking. Like, I, strictly speaking, I don't really cook. I follow recipes, and I've understood enough technique now and the process of how things cook mm. where I can just do it. But I couldn't make something up myself. No. I don't know how these people do it. <laughs> um, I can make my own gravy, and I've uh, perfected that recipe. Mm. Maybe I'll uh, drop it soon. Maybe I'll tease this out. <laughs> speaking of teasers. Dadly Boys on Wrestle Culture later on today. Little tease for you because we're not going to see each other for about six weeks, it feels like. Yeah, I know. Apologies, everyone. What we're talking about because we talked a lot about stuff that already gets covered on Wrestle Culture. Yeah, well, we'll talk about uh, one of the greatest title changes in uh, recent memory, probably. For God's sake. And we'll get his thoughts on blood and guts. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Do a good quiz. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Quiz is goaded. Absolutely. Always. Don't do a song this time. Hmm? Sorry, I have this out of my hands. <laughs> You're the head of podcasts. <laughs> Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance 
app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Um, speaking of cooking, uh, Tony Khan is, is cooking when it comes to this Owen Hart Cup tournament. It's finished. What are we talking about this for? Uh, well, I'm talking about the fallout. All right. Week. Fallout. Ricky Starks, is that an official heel turn? What's next for CM Punk? What, what do you think well, they do way, next? He's not going to be turning face. He's not going to just continue to be a face after that. It's a question of how... Did not slow. see that coming, by the way. I didn't see it coming. Really good. Um, they should have done it. He was not clicking as a baby face. Um, I, I don't know if they'll tease it out or if he plays disingenuous, insincere. Mm-hmm. The best thing, like, there's potential here for like a really interesting feud with Punk and Starks. Um, the best thing about it, potentially, is that like if you start showing heel behavior, like shortcuts and all the rest of it, like... Punk accuses you of doing this. You can always just turn it back in Punk's face. Yeah. And he can sort of build a good, tense story out of that. Because Punk is... I love how all along in AEW is acknowledged. I used to be a really bad guy. A really bad guy. Um, So I think Starks is going to turn. Obviously, we've practically already seen it. But I'm just going to have to echo what I said on the Collision Review on Monday. Like, people want to boo Punk. What we're friggin' waiting for at this point? Like, I don't understand what we're waiting for. What reception do you think he's going to b- receive in the UK? That's weird because it'll yeah. be, like, effectively a decade. Yeah. Because it's 2023. I actually saw Punk at a house show in late 2013. Um, and they usually do, like, a winter tour. Yeah. Um like a fall tour of the UK. <laughs> so for all intents and purposes, it's been a full decade since United Kingdom fans have seen CM Punk, and realistically, they didn't even see that much of him, no. particularly in a major um, show setting. So I think he'll get cheered. Yeah. I think he'll get massively, massively cheered. There'll be, it'll be, it's always going to be mixed with Punk, like from here on out. You could hear it in the final. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Um, but I think it'll be heavily, heavily pro CM Punk, just because he's a friggin' star. But at the same time, like, I think one of the reasons why, because I, I, I firmly believe CM Punk wanted to return as a heel. Like, look how much he's loving it. And I don't know if they thought the business reason was, right, well, he, we need to sell tickets for this um, emerging show that has to launch right, otherwise it'll get stigmatized as Rampage 2. So we have to get this right first time because he can't, like, if you kill that brand immediately, it's got no chance. Um, but look at Raw. Like, that was terrible for years and years and years. But because that brand carried such prestige as the market leader, they were allowed to get away with it. So I think the business sense was, let's have CM Punk come back as a baby face because we need to sell some tickets. Mm-hmm. Which made no sense to me because a show dominated by a heel character is the biggest thing in wrestling since the Attitude Era in SmackDown. So can we not have the very best, the most authentic version of CM Punk be a heel on this show? Um, just own it. 
get the most out of it. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly close to it. He's walking around with a bag with a championship in that he vacated due to everything that happened and sort of claiming, no, I'm still champion. So he was injured. So he's vacant. If you can't fight, if the, if the wheels are f- if the wheels falls off, then you can't be a champion. Mm. So you have to earn it back, punk. I'm, I'm doing a bit. I um, people like these Cena reactions. People think it's really compelling, and I don't, Doug. <laughs> I hated to see that reaction when it was going. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind a bit of fluidity. I don't mind a bit of a more nuanced approach to babyface and heel dynamics. But um, I, I don't. I just want him to be a freaking heel. I just want him to be a heel. Um, watching him do the ace of the company role and, like you know, be the top star and oh, I got be quicker than I was expecting from Ricky Starks and oh, oh I don't buy it. Let's be a freaking heel for Christ's sake. The very best CM Punk post return match was against Satoshi Kojima. Mm. Lent into it. He's so unbelievably good at having these crowds on strings. Mm. There's is there anyone in wrestling better other than MJF at just playing these motherfuckers like a fiddle? <laughs> like just playing them like a fiddle. Yeah. Generating honest to God heat where you do not like this person. Or in MJF's case, you really want to like him, but he doesn't like you. Mm. Which is like a kind of a different strain of it. So all of this is a very long, long way of saying that the Ricky Starks babyface turn didn't work, did not take. And this heel turn might not take because people don't want to see him in the program with Punk, at least, as the heel. They want to boo CM Punk. Um, none of this really matters. We saw this with John Cena. The crowd can react how they're going to react, and you can still tell your nominal stories and have a portion of the audience get into it but I know this distance just drives us mad and it just I'm not, I don't feel like they're getting the best out of Punk on Collision yeah it's I been d- really good like, it's like the way he puts his matches together like he's just such a genius but I just want him to be a heel I'm sick of this yeah it's weird I want both of them to be a heel yeah I'm sick so of this fannying about and the Cena reactions because I, when I talk about WWE being a bit dry on TV. I think that's unacceptable with how much resource mm. you have as a company to be amazing. Like, I, don't, I never want to settle for second best. I always use my imagination. I think, well, that could be better, that could be better, that could be better, that could be better. And when it's as good as it can be, I don't think it's an effusive AEW critic on the planet with praise as I am. Mm. I, I'm just, I go absolutely mental for it. Um, and I'm using my imagination here. I just want the full-blown CM Punk. I just really want it for myself. Just looking there, I'm just trying to work. I'm trying to think in my head whilst you're talking. Right, let's say we don't do Stark and, and Punk because uh, Starks and Punk, sorry, because I, because we know uh, that we both want them to be heel. I also like the fact that Starks can sort of come in and be like, "I beat Punk clean as a sheet." No, he didn't. He grabbed onto the ropes at the last possible second. But he's also in the age-old thing that we always campaign for. Kind of justified in his own mind because he did have that match won. He hit him with that spear and he, Punk got lucky in his positioning and the, his momentum that he just rolled out of the ring. Ricky Starks made an error. Mm. But I was thinking if we don't do that, if you have Ricky Starks say like, I've won the Owen Hart Cup now, I've got a belt, but I want another belt. I want another shot at MJF. Now we're not going there yet because I love that, but it does not work as a dynamic and MJF's rather busy with his new best friend and 
the permutations that comes with that. So I'm looking at all in and all out and going, right, who are we putting stocks with then? Could you run it back with, because uh, he's obviously got history, with someone like Hangman Page as, I want to be fighting MJF for the title next. No, I want to be fighting MJF. And you've got a nice babyface heel dynamic there, obviously, hugely over babyface. I don't know what's happening next with the whole elite BCC stuff. Just thinking down the road, down the road here. Down the road. Um, what, Starks and Hangman? Starks, Starks and Hangman. Uh, they're different on different shows, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I keep. <laughs> it sucks, I think. But yeah, you need. I need. You need. I need something more definitive of a heel turn than slightly putting your hand on the ropes. Cena Punk. Yeah, if that's going to happen. Cena, I just want to be a heel. Oh, just when he's I, the image of CM Punk is this toxic presence who is. So captivating that you want the toxicity. Can he not just be that? When you like, when you always cut that babyface rah rah speech ahead of the semi final with Joe, like that was the worst promo he's cut since his return because you don't buy it. Like, just make something out of this. Do you make reputation it? he's got the stigma that he's got? <laughs> this is sort of a heel versus heel twice. But do you make it effectively, don't have to necessarily have a tournament, but effectively Starks versus Punk with the winner facing MJF with everyone in that being a heel and everyone's trying to out-heel each other? That, again, like, if the, if the rerun CM Punk versus MJF, the best thing about that feud, actually wasn't the best thing, but the, one of the great things about that feud is that it was honest to goodness, people have a hero and a villain in this that they feel very strongly Mm. and you know for years it didn't really feel like you could do that properly anymore and they freaking did it because they're both geniuses they run that back it's just gonna be bad like you're gonna have to expect MGF to be the heel it's just it, especially look at the reactions each man each man's getting if you run that back with MGF and Punk the only way that works is if they turn MGF yeah right. that's the only way it works um I haven't I, right take CM Punk versus Ricky Starks for example right I Thought that match was really good. I think it was great. But it was really, really, really good. Really compelling. Mm. Because, um, you know, the audience were just toying with punk. It was just that sort of weird atmosphere that people are into. Like, I'm not being funny. I can't believe that people talked about CM Punk versus Ricky Starks in near enough the same way as they talked about CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. I was so much more entertained yeah. and captivated by one of those matches than the other because CM Punk was working heel. And I just... Enough people have this reaction towards Punk now, whether it's fair or not, because no one knows the story. Enough people believe that CM Punk is the villain that these matches work for me like significantly better when he leans 100% mm. into it. Like that Kojima match. Mm-hmm. It's one of my matches of the year. Really enjoyable. It was so enjoyable. This man is so good at playing a heel. And uh, he was only a babyface because he was so good at playing a heel. Yeah. Like his natural role. He's a caustic, <laughs> toxic, scathing, obnoxious arsehole of a man who happens to be a genius. And that you resent people who are yeah. that great. Turn him heel for freak's sakes. I'm around. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm swearing a lot. That's all right. It's it's understandable that uh, this brings out that, that side of you in terms of what they're doing with him. 
Uh, and the only thing I would say, we're not going to get into ratings discourse, but for the sake of Collision's rating, for God's sake, over the next 24 hours, tell us what's happening with Punk on Collision. Don't just expect people to tune in. But well, we saw what happened when they didn't last yeah. time. What did he do that time when he wasn't... Wasn't he on commentary or so? Oh, no, that was they announced he was going to be on commentary for that. Yeah, because it was Joe versus uh, Roddy, wasn't it? Yeah. He's was so great on commentary. Um, I announced what he's doing because he is the difference maker on this show. Yeah. Right, let's move on to our next big topic, Sid. Uh, is Powerhouse Hobbs still with QTV? I do not give a single toss. Okay. Um, let's move on instead. Right, okay. Thank you. I, I can't, I can't. I just can't. Uh, let's instead talk about the expanding pay-per-view schedule of AEW, because I'd love to know your thoughts more on this. Yeah, we've not really talked about that rumour, and uh, to be honest, I can't even bring myself to talk about the prospect of a three-hour dynamite yet. Oh, no. I know that's in the ether. No. I, I, with a chill running down my spine, I recall the pregnant pause and that Tony Khan made when he was asked about it on the Blood and Guts media call. He said that no company in history has ever regretted expanding to 12 pay-per-views. Do you know what that is called? Spin. <laughs> Spin. If he was doing so many cartwheels about the prospect of 12, why was it four originally? This is losing... Not the plot. No. He's losing sight of what AEW was. Or maybe he isn't, but he's basically being told, if you want this billion-dollar rights fee to secure the financial future of this company. Not future-proof it, but make it Mm. very, very, very stable. You have to compromise because they want more content because more content means more money. Mm -hmm. If he thought 12 pay-per-views a year, that's great. No other companies regretted this. He would have frigging done it in the first place. Agreed. Let's be bloody honest. So it's spin. It's his way of justifying it. That's fine. It's a work. Everyone's a liar. It's fine. Um fundamentally, the four quarterly, even if fundamentally, right, the quarterly pay-per-view model wasn't flawed, as highly as I rate Tony Khan, up there with one of the best bookers of all time for me, even he couldn't do it, or he couldn't do it. There was never one three-month gap between these pay-per-views that was absolutely perfect every single week where he could register what had happened get slowly into everything that's very, very patiently progressing towards the next one, and then get up a height mm-hmm. for um, like the next like pay-per-view within three months or whatever it is. Like, full gear and revolution, 19 to 2022. Obviously, they completely changed direction. The closest they've got is January, January 1 to February 29, mm. for two months... It was 98% some of the best stuff I've ever seen in my life. Pandemic, you know, it can't really... Gr- it's a bit harsh to rate them on that because they were kind of lying by the seat of their arse. Yeah. Even Double or Nothing 2021, the return to fans to All Out and that absolute lionized summer of wonder. Mm-hmm. It's not that four-week thing at dailies where there was like loads of reverberations from double or nothing. It's like, this sucks. Get this over with. Get back to crowds because they're phoning in for this month. Even like all out 2021, full gear 2021, you had Punk and Kingston and Paige and Omega and they were great. But remember FTR were dicking around as Los Superanas. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Like, it's never been perfect. Uh, and like 
the J.A. Uh, no, the Inner Circle Misogyny, Paige Van Zandt. Oh, God. It's never been 100% perfect. Um, I'm in favor of moving to eight. Okay. Because they're good at long builds, but sometimes it's too meandering. They do a lot of meandering, and I don't think it's urgent. It doesn't really feel like you are watching something with a relentless purpose. And it's impossible. It's impossible for wrestling to be great every single week from the very nature of its schedule. But I, there's a lot of meandering that goes on. Sometimes it doesn't feel urgent. Sometimes it feels really missable. Um, so I'd like to cut out the flab there. Going to 12 a year, is, it's, kind of, it's madness for me. It's not madness, but I, look, WWE have had various points over its history where it's managed 12 and been a pretty great product all year, 2000. If anything, it was the actual execution of those pay-per-views and not the storylines going into them. That was the problem that year. Um, WCW in 97, like the main events were trash, but they were star-powered, so who <laughs> cares? Um, think of the Elite and MGF are the two that, I, that spring to mind immediately. Um, the way they tell stories, just I, I think that just does not coexist with the monthly model. No. MGF, like this Adam Cole stuff, you couldn't do that in a month. Yeah, four shows effectively. You can't, you can't do that in a month. You could... It depends on how bold they want to be. Could they have MGF and Cole miss a pay-per-view, right? And you don't have a world title match on a pay-per-view. Or you try and have MGF fights... I don't know, Derby, while this thing with Adam Cole's going on. That should be good, but you're waiting for the Adam Cole one to happen, the yeah. bigger one. You know, like, none of this really works. And MJF and Adam Cole, this thing has been so well-received. The absolute evidence that his drawn-out, long, twisting, turning stories that take a while to simmer and then get hot... Like this could be one of his best ever things, and it's take it's going to take it's like a three month thing yeah. between nothing and all out. You've had to had the the match, then in the interim heading into the next week, announce they're going to be a tag team. Then on that show, they immediately have to be in the semifinals. Then the final the week after, then split the week after that, and then see you at the pay per view. It's just not. It's just no, not. It's thing. not feasible. But like eight, you're right with eight because they sort of, sort of already do eight. In terms of, you've got the big four, obviously, and then peppered across the year, you've got, obviously, Forbidden Door, which is kind of its own thing. You've got Winter is Coming. You've got New Year's Smash. You've got uh, Fighter Fest. I'm not paying for that, though. But yeah, that's the, yeah. I'm not paying for Winter is Coming. No. If I'm a fan. If I'm not, a, uh, there's going to be an AW fan listening to this. It goes, oh, I will. It's like, ah, well, I won't, Doug. You know? <laughs> like... If you can't put something that feels like winter is coming, as great as they've been, and ask me to pay 50 quid for it, do you yeah. reduce the price? These are all these things to consider. Yeah, they're um, doing it for all in and all out, aren't they? They're doing sort of package deal. I yeah. Think. It's just a weird one because with the way that MGF tells the stories and the elite tell their stories, and the idea as well, and this is really crucial, I have not touched on yet, is that they do so many great matches on free TV. All of the time. Yes. Look at this last week. Yeah. Blood and Gods, FTR, Bing, 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 too. Right? <laughs> that the reason why you're only paying for these shows in the first place is because the bills are usually so great. Or at least you get two or three great bills on these pay-per-views. And when you don't, 
as we didn't with Revolution outside of the main event, you think, oh, what am I spending money on? Mm. What's the difference here? Like, that really brought into focus that if these stories fail, then what am I paying for? There's no hype for this. That was quite stark, that. They've normalized great matches so much over the four years that they've been in existence that getting you to pay 12 times a decent amount of money per year for the matches, what am I doing that for? Yeah. And if you're doing that many, then the stories are going to suffer. I don't know. They'll probably work a way around it, mm. but it's just a bit... Oh, man. I've two, lo- for two men with anxiety, it's not helping all, all things, no. is it? And it's just like, I understand that the February 2020 thing's gone, the summer of 2021 thing's gone, um, but the amount of things they are doing to draw parallels with what turned me off WWE in the first place, mm. other than scripted promos and all the rest of it, is just getting us down a little bit with mm. AEW in general. Well, should we play a game to cheer you up? Yeah. Go on, then. It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha 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 ha! Did it, did it, did it, I know the game, so you have to say it. What will the main events be? Because you sort of alluded to it there. You can't really just do, like, if you're going to do MJF versus Adam Cole, you kind of want a two-month two build, effectively, to that. So you either do... Ooh, will MJF retain against blatantly obvious failing babyface? Yes. In the interim, or he misses a show, which means, you know, traditionally, world title goes in the main event aside from, you know, your real extreme matches and what have you, which means we need some new main events. Now, I have AW's roster page open in front of me. So this is the all out main event. Or it could be just a new, I don't know what, another. name of an, an elite pay-per-view could be. Should we try and come up with one? Yeah. Uh, okay, so they had full gear. They're full all gear, of, double or nothing, all out, revolution, collision, dynamite, rampage. What about like backstage brawl? Because of, They always make it like a little nod and a wink to the fans. I've then they're expecting people to just have backstage matches the whole time. Yeah. Uh, how about a brawl, maybe a pun-based one, brawling, fighting, fight forever. AW, this is awesome. Yes. They, oh, they, oh, they yeah, they, I forgot about the fighter fest thing. What was something that was popular about three years ago? <laughs> I could name a pay-per-view afterwards. Well, it did. Tiger King in the Ring? <laughs> Tiger King in the Ring. Right, okay. We're booking the main event of that. I'm obviously not looking at the women's section because they're not going to main event it. Yeah, they're not even going to get on Dynamite these Yeah, that's days. not us, by the way, saying that. That's them. Yeah. They, they they went, uh, big blood and gut show. I was putting a two-minute match out there for Britt Baker. That was it. And then they go, uh, Statlander versus, uh, who's closest to me right now, uh, Marina Shafir, or, or you know, Tyler Valkyrie, or... Put more F into it, Tony. Come on, mate. So, I have the page open in front of me. I am scrolling through the roster page. This will be the main event. MJF and Adam Cole is being saved for all out or full gear or whatever. We're not placing this in a certain time of the year. But I have the uh, roster page in front of me. Uh, tell me when to stop. Pick a number between one and five. And uh, that will get one half of our main event. Stop. Three. Powerhouse Hobbs. Hopefully not in QTV anymore. There are allegations that he's not him. Mm. But, you know, you've still got the potential. So this is what, what was the show we called it? Oh, yeah, um, Tiger King. <laughs> okay. Stop. Which is ironic as well because of the hatred of women in that show as well. So works yeah. works so well. 
Okay, you told me to stop. Uh, oh, oh boy. Everything was fine, just as sweet as wine. And then I got to put a woman on the card. Stop five. Mark Davis? Injured, isn't he? No, he's back. He's back tonight. Oh, bollocks. Yeah, he's fighting it. Let's uh, Busy, ring of honour. So let's pick a different person for... Uh, yeah, the Tiger King of the Ring's not happening tonight, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's Stop probably... one. Don't say it's Matt Hardy. Do not. I don't believe you. It's not Matt Hardy. I'm going to write down the time ahead of anticipating this swear. Ladies and gentlemen, your main event for Tiger... King of the Ring going down this Sunday. $50 on pay-per-view. You've got Powerhouse Hobbs in one corner. And up against him, the Unstoppable Force meets the immovable object of Jake Hager. <laughs> Follow me at M. Sidgwick. <laughs> Maybe stick to four. Yeah, Tony, just a thought. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Let us know what you think on... Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. We'll be back, of course, to review Collision on Monday. Uh, and myself and the Dadleys will be back for a very special episode of WrestleCulture later on today. But for now, this has been the AW Collision preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.